This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about strategies and tips for how to build happier, healthier, more creative, and more productive lives. This week, we'll talk about how and why we should look for pockets of wasted time, and we'll suggest a hack that can help us feel less anxious if we're worried about some future task that we have to do. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I never feel like I have wasted time when I'm talking to you. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, right now I'm using all of my pockets of time to prepare for Thanksgiving because I'm hosting. Oh, Yes, that is a major undertaking. So we are wishing you well. (laughs) Thank you. Before we launch in, we have a very special episode coming up. That's episode 460. Every 10th episode is a very special episode. And this one is about resolutions. Yes, new year, new you. It's kind of a cliche, but a lot of people do use January 1st as a clean slate and an opportunity to reflect and think about New Year's resolutions. So what are your comments? What are your insights? What hacks have you found? What strategies have worked for you? What resolutions have changed your life? And what didn't turn out well? (laughs) Yeah, right. What have you learned in having your resolutions go awry? Or maybe it was just, it turned out it didn't make a difference. Right. You tried something and it didn't work out. It's nice to cross things off the list. And of course, what we're interested most is what have you used, what strategies have you used to help you keep your habits? I talk about the 21 strategies of habit change in my book, Better Than Before. Did you use those strategies? Did you come up with something yourself? We always love things for the four tendencies. So if you have something that is like, you're a rebel and you found a rebel way to exercise regularly, or you're a questioner and you got over your analysis paralysis, anything like the obligers. 
Did you come up with some kind of innovative accountability method? We can all learn from each other. So anything, it's going to be all resolutions. So anything you want to send in, we want to see it. Can't wait for that. Yes. So Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home suggestion is to look for pockets of wasted time. So explain what this means. Okay. So just in everyday life, there's things that just take more time than they need. And I was thinking back on a book I'd read a long time ago by Doug Lamov called Teach Like a Champion, where he's talking about things that successful teachers do, sort of like habits and strategies they have. And he has a thing called tight transitions. And he made the point that in a classroom, you can spend a lot of time on things like the kids are lining up for lunch or you're passing out papers or a kid needs a pencil. And that by really tightening those transitions, you reclaim a lot of time for teaching and learning. And so I was just thinking in my own life, like, where are my pockets of wasted time? Mm. You, You know what I mean? Yes. Gretch, I can tell you from my past experience, a major pocket of wasted time is ordering lunch in the writer's room. So when you work in an office on a show, you order lunch every day. And Uh this process can take an hour. I mean, it's discussing Uh where to go. And then it's you have to pass around the menu and sign up and the menu and sign up sheet inevitably gets caught on somebody who's having a conversation and then it doesn't yeah. go around. And then look, we always say in the writer's room, like talking is valuable, catching up, getting to know each other, sharing stories. That's all valuable, yeah. but it is right. not valuable to sit around and wait for people to order a burger. Yes. Because sometimes you're right. It's And I was thinking about this was like Zoom meetings because sometimes, and this is a complaint people have about Zoom meetings, is they're too intentional and too purposeful. So you don't have that catching up, getting to know each other, forming friendships and relationships that are more easy to have when you're in person and you have that downtime because that's valuable. But especially on Zoom, you either want to be having valuable, let's get to know each other time, or you want to crisply get in and get out. Yeah. What you don't want is the dithering yada, 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 yada time. Yes. In fact, I think that's one reason why, for instance, in Hollywood, Zoom pitches have become much more popular for executives and in-person pitches. And I think part of it is just for that reason, that Mm. it's a quicker in and out for good or for bad. Right, right. Well, I'm sure there's pros and cons. But back to the lunch issue. So how do different people deal with that? Because that's, yes. I mean, an hour out of your workday in the middle of the day. And, yes. and you can see how people would enjoy yes. the, let's debate this restaurant yes. versus well, the pro- restaurant. Yes, and what often happens is they don't do it early enough and then lunch doesn't come till two. And anyway, oh, it's a right. whole thing. But Sarah and I worked for someone who had not worked in TV for years, had worked in TV and then not, and then was back. And he came Uh back saying, I have figured out being a showrunner, and that is a new lunch system. Uh And so on Friday, we had to decide what five places we were going to the next Uh week. And then menus would be passed out. And then everybody had to sign up by Monday morning for everything Uh they wanted for the week. Uh And if you wanted to Uh change your order that day, you could, but that was on you. So Uh if Uh you on Wednesday didn't want the thing you thought you wanted, you had to go 
tell the person getting lunch, I want to change this. And if not, you just got what you signed up for. So we spent no time in the room on lunch. And it really was revolutionary. And so would you make those five decisions kind of on your own time? You'd look at the menus? Yes. Well, also, that kind of conversation can be really draining and demoralizing because you just feel like if people want to get things done, especially if they're like, I want to get this done and get home or whatever, it's very discouraging for them that this time isn't, it, it, it's just a drain. It's a drain on the system. Yes. I was, so I was looking in my own life for wasted time and I found two pockets of wasted time. One is I realized that I leave a lot of papers out and I used to think that was bad, but now I realize it's good because if I leave certain kinds of papers out, it's because I know that I'm going to need them or I'm using them as a reminder or whatever. So I no longer fight that. But I, all my papers look exactly alike. And so I realized that I was spending a lot of unnecessary time mm -hmm. looking at something to remind myself, okay, this is about a paid speaking thing I'm doing. Is it this one on the 15th or is it this one on the 1st? And now I realize if I would just, in very big letters at the top, write what it is, then I could just quickly glance at my piles and know which one I'm looking for. It's not a lot of time, but it's very boring time. And it's, right. it's kind of effortful to look at a document and make sense of it. And this way, I could just be like, November 15th. And then I'm like, okay, that's important because that's this month. And that other thing is December. That's Anyway, I just the way my mind works, that will work for me. And here's another one that I'm really excited about so much that I'm going to do it. I'm either going to make it part of my happiness project for next year, or I'm going to make it part of my 24 for 24. I have not yet decided where to classify it, is I am going to take the shortest possible shower. Mm, interesting. What's your aim? Okay. So I realize it's better for the environment because I'm using less water. And Elizabeth, ever since we had our conversation with Matt Damon, which was amazing, I've always yes. thought like, oh, I want to watch my water intake. So shortest possible shower. And often because I do run cold, even though I do have my lotion warmer, which I love, I don't like getting out of the shower because it just always mm. makes me cold. So I stay in there way too long. But the fact is I'm just wasting water. I'm drying out my skin and it's just now or later. It's going to be exactly the same right. experience. And so it's a win-win-win if I just take the shortest possible shower. And then also, I don't like taking showers because I'm like, oh, it's such a long time. But it actually doesn't take that long if you take the shortest possible shower. So I'm very excited because you know me. I need to make it a thing. I need to give it a name. Yes. I need to put it on yes. a list. Well, can I give you a hack for this, Scratch? Oh, yes, please do. You should get a uh, space heater for your bathroom and turn it on oh. when you get up or before you get in the shower. And it oh. makes a huge difference in how oh. enjoyable it is to get out of the shower. It can really heat up the bathroom quickly. That's what I have, and it makes a big okay. difference. Okay, I have a space heater. How long does it need to go to warm up the room, would you say? Like five minutes, 10 minutes, right? It's a yeah, small room. Yeah, not long. Not long. Okay. Yeah, if you have oh, the door shut. 100%. I'm absolutely going to do that. So the key is to turn it on, not when you get out, but before you get in. Okay. I will do that. Now I'm excited. Yes. And Gretchen, I will say one thing that has helped me immensely with this whole notion yeah. of pockets of time is audiobooks. Oh, how so? Well, now I feel like even if I'm taking time to do something, let's say, for instance, shuffling papers, I can right, listen yeah. to an audiobook while I do it. Mm -hmm. 
because you know I'm always listening to something, either a podcast yeah. or an audiobook, and that helps me feel like all time ultimately is is well spent. Oh, I see. Which is helpful. So even if the time is still in the wasted category, it's not wasted because it's being used in this productive way. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. So you can reclaim wasted time in two ways. You can either get rid of it or shorten it the way like with my shower or with the lunch process, or you can make it useful in another way, say by having an audiobook. Yes. And audiobooks, because I think a lot of people think of their commute as wasted time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And yes. an audiobook is the best way to up how valuable you feel your commute is. Interesting. Yes. So the try this at home is to look for the pockets of wasted time. And then your solution might be different depending on the nature of it and, and how you want to tackle it. Oh, this is interesting. Yes. So let us know if you do try this at home and how looking for pockets of wasted time works for you. And what did you do about it? What did you do once you've identified those pockets of wasted time? I'm sure that a lot of people have the same kinds of wasted time. So I think we can all learn from each other in terms of how to either make better use of it or eliminate that time altogether, depending. Uh, let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast.gretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 457 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have an anxiety-related happiness hack. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretch, we are back with this week's happiness hack, and it is about anxiety. Yes. This hack is something that I've used myself, and I never really thought about it as a tip or as a hack. But then a friend of mine said something that made me realize, like, actually, this is a hack. Okay. So my friend had to have this medical procedure that she was very, very anxious about. And she was saying to her husband, I'm really, really anxious about this. And he said, you know what? It's two weeks away. You and I, we're just going to go to the office. We're just going to go to the office mm -hmm. ahead of time. And she was like, well, why would we do that? And he's like, I just think you'll feel better about it if we just, it's not a big deal. Let's just go together. We'll go to the office. You can look around and then that'll be that. And she was sort of like, why would I do that? And she said, actually, it really lowered her anxiety. She could imagine herself going there. Mm. She could imagine herself in the place. And it just made her feel better about something she was very worried about. And this reminded me that often when you are going to speak in front of a large group, 
you will go look at the space in advance. Now, when I started speaking, I was kind of surprised and puzzled because the organizers would often say, oh, would you like to see the room? And I would always say wow. yes, because, you know, if somebody invites you to do something, you're like, I would like that very much. And I thought they were just like, look at this great room we have. Mm -hmm. But then I realized this is something that speakers ask for, because now I ask for it. Because if you're getting ready, even if you're not that anxious, but just to get yourself ready for something that's a big undertaking, like giving a big talk... It just helps you feel better when you can know in your mind, this is what the room looks like. This is what the stage looks like. If I'm standing there, this is what I'm going to be looking out at. This is how the lights are. This is how far the stage is from the first row. You just feel less anxiety when you can imagine yourself in that place. I think it gives you a sense well, of control and, and being able to visualize yourself. Well, and we always did that for our live shows, Gretchen. We would go out, see how we're going to enter, yes. how we're going to walk out. Out. Yes, and it would it was very reassuring, um, especially because I had a lot of anxiety about that, and it makes you feel better because you just know what to expect. And then, I mean, Gretchen, this could be really helpful, like with a child going to a new school or going right. to kindergarten yeah. for the first time. Yes. You sure. drive by the school, or you could hopefully get out and walk around the campus, depending on the yeah. situation, and say, right. "Here is where you're going to be." Yeah. Yeah, Or not even just a little kid, but a college student as well. Right. No, I just think there's something about knowing what to expect gives you a greater sense of control. Well, Gretchen, I actually know writers who, if they have a big meeting or even just something they consider to be an important meeting, they will drive to the place like a restaurant to see how the parking is yeah, or an office building just so they know they know where it is like a couple days before so that they don't have that anxiety of where am I going? I mean, that's another good aspect of this, which is if you're worried about how long is it going to take to get there or how is the parking or do I know where exactly where I'm going or just like the way, how do we enter on stage? Because sometimes there were stairs and if you were wearing your like extremely fancy fashionable boots, yeah. it, it just, there's just so many reasons that if you're anxious about something, maybe doing that dry run is something that is going to make you feel more in control and less anxiety when the actual intimidating event comes to pass. All right. And Gretchen, we have a bonus hack this week. Oh, yes, this came from Jennifer. And I think this is this is a very small practical hack, so maybe it's not a whole hack, but it's definitely worth mentioning as a an elegant solution to for a common, common problem. And this comes from Jennifer Gretsch. She says, store your face cream slash lotion jars on their side. This allows the contents <laughs> to settle so you can scoop it out easily. I've always struggled getting the last bits out. I mean, this is so clever. And I, I know that yes. when you're just like, especially with a larger bottle where you, you can't reach the bottom with your yeah. finger and you're like, oh, there's all this expensive lotion or I, you yes. just don't like the waste of it. It feels like... I got to get this out. And then you put it upside down and it makes a mess. Store it on its side. There you go. Thanks, Jennifer. That's a great hack. And now for a know yourself better question. So Elizabeth, are you a baker or a cook? What does that mean? And then I will answer you, but I think I already know my answer. Right. Well, so the baker is the person who follows the rules exactly, because when you're baking, you have to get the proportions exactly right. So it's one cup of flour. Or are you more of a cook who improvises, you're putting your own twist on things, you're adding some unexpected condiments, you're putting in twice as much of this or leaving out that? So it's the baker or the cook. What are you? Okay, I am most definitely a baker. I oh, like yeah. rules. I like to follow rules. 
In fact, Gretchen, yesterday I got a notice from school saying someone with your decal dropped off their child in the wrong spot and that's not allowed and please don't do this or we're going to fine you. And I wrote back, I said, I assure you that was not me because I follow uh. the rules and I drop him <laughs> off where I always drop him off. There's no possible way that was my car because <laughs> I don't want to get penalized. No. Oh, my God. It's so funny, though, because I... I so much don't want to get in trouble that if, if I feel like I'm being, and I've got my whole thing about unjust accusation, it's like, I will want to like show up at the office and be like, let me explain to you and show you photographic evidence. Like, let's look at the yeah. tape, man. Let's run it yes. back. I want to show you that was not me. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So while I don't bake or cook in real life, right. if I am yes. one, I am most definitely a baker, as are you. Yes. We are the same way. We are bakers. We are non-baking bakers. We are bakers at our heart, but yes. we do not do the baking in the world. The worst thing someone could say to me is metaphoric equivalent to add a dash of salt. I'm like, no, yeah. I need to know <laughs> How much exactly salt? what to do. Right, right. Or like flavor to taste or simmer yes. until done or whatever. You're like, I, I, I don't want to improvise. I don't want to add my own. But so here, Elizabeth, I wonder if there's a four tendencies tie-in. Mm. You're an obliger and I'm an upholder. I wonder if they are more likely to be bakers. And I wonder, I, I think rebels so. would probably be more likely to be cooks because they don't like to follow rules. That's kind of the essence of rebels. Though rebels will always surprise you. So I can imagine that there could be a rebel baker because they're always going to put their own spin on it. And this is why I would love like gigantic data because people are always asking me about correlations and it's just hard to tell because I only have right. anecdata. I did my survey to see about the relative sizes of the four tendencies. But beyond that, it's very, people are like, does it correlate with professions or does it correlate with bakers and cooks? I just don't have that kind of big data. I would love to have it. One day, maybe. One day. Yes. And now for a listener question, and fittingly, this question does tie into the subject of the four tendencies. And by the way, we should mention, if you don't know what we're talking about or you want to find out whether you are an upholder, a questioner, oblige a rebel, you can take the quiz at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. This is a question related to upholderness. And this comes from Lisa. She says, my 14-year-old son is an upholder through and through. He just started high school this year, and he has a big list of things he wants to accomplish both in school and outside of school. He has some time in the morning between when he gets to school and when he has to go to homeroom. He likes to read in the library during this time, and he feels this is important as he has a number of books he wants to read for personal reasons. He found a table where he was able to sit by himself and read. However, a group of girls he is friends with has started coming over to talk with him every morning. He asked me how he can politely tell them he would prefer to read in the morning and talk with them later. I advised him that I didn't think there was any nice way to say this. This is a new school <laughs> that has students from 19 towns, and I worry that this could be off-putting and might risk friendships and cause hurt feelings. And friendships in high school, and especially a new school, are so important. I'm hoping you and Elizabeth and or your listeners might have some advice. My son gave me the okay to ask, and we're both eager to hear your thoughts. Oh, as an upholder, like, I so understand the student. I, I get it. Yes. So, Elizabeth, what are your thoughts? First of all, it's nice that people want to be his friend. Yes. And relationships are so important. I totally yes. hear what the mom is saying, and I very much relate to that. 
I wonder if there's things he could do. For instance, if they come over and talk to him, could he say, oh, hey, I'm really engrossed in this. I just, I'm trying to finish this chapter. Can I come talk to you when I'm done? You know, this is the thing. I see both sides of this because you said relationships are important and it's absolutely true. Relationships are so important. They're so important in high school. They're so important when you're forming new friendships. And so, and I remember that when I was in high school, I had a rule for myself living people come first. And I was like, if I ever have a conflict between two things, anything related to a living person came first. So it's like, I want to read a book or I should talk to friends. I'm like, living people come first. Or Rich, that is such a huge idea. I think uh, we need to make a bigger thing out of that. I mean, I think that okay. is a great rule to live by. I don't live by it. I often choose binging a show over living people. But I think the idea uh, that living people come first is important. Well, it's true. But then on the other side, though, the opposite of our profound truth is also true, which is that you want to be true to yourself. And she says, this is a child who really wants to read and feels like it's really important to him for his own reasons. And you and I are huge readers, and I totally get that feeling of, I want to read these things, and it's important to me. And so I'm just saying, when it was me in that high school, I decided that I would go for the living people. Or, Gretchen, could he say, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the reading days, and Tuesday, Thursday, he'll talk to friends. So he could say to them, I think if people understand where you're coming from, they'll accommodate you. So, like, let's say he sees them on Monday. Could he say, oh, it's one of my reading days. Let's hang tomorrow morning. I don't know. Maybe. No. It depends on him. It depends on the kids. Yeah, true. Now, I do think that it's true that people, and this is something that I really was very struck by when I was writing Better Than Before, is that a lot of times people are like, well, the thing about my habit is it's inconvenient for other people or other people are complaining about it. And so they try it and then they back down. Well, the thing is, a lot of times people will sort of grouse at the beginning, especially if it sort of inconveniences them or it changes their habits, which is a little bit disruptive. But if you hold the line, if you're like, this is really important for me to get up and go for a run at 7 a.m. every morning, and I'm going to work it out in a way that it's reasonable, usually people will adjust. You kind of have to give them a chance to adjust. And so I think if this child really was like, let me just tell you what's going on here. It's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that I have my own thing going and I need to, I think that if he held to that, they would adapt. However, it seems to me that high school is a kind of particularly fraught relationships time. So I don't know. Both things are true. The thing is reading is great and talking to people is great. And being true to your own values is really important. But the fact is that also strong relationships are very important. And yeah. I mean, I fall to your thing of living people come first, ultimately. But I would also say, could his mom help him out? For instance, let him read during dinner. Ah. You know, maybe they sit around usually and talk, but given that we're trying to bolster relationships at school, maybe there's something that could give at home. Interesting. Okay, well, this is, listeners, we don't have the answer here clearly, but- What are other ways to think about this? What are other solutions, Elizabeth, that I had not even thought of that? That's like a completely different way of thinking about time. Then you could also say, well, family time is important. But you're like, well, maybe family time gives way to this at this time. We often talk about like seasons of life and that certain things come to the fore and certain things move backwards at different seasons. Like, I think this is going to be fascinating. So everybody 
What do you think? What are your suggestions? How would you approach this dilemma? Coming up, speaking of reading, Gretchen has a reading demerit, but first this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com Gretchen. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. All right, Gretchen, we're back with demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Well, yes, and I should be inspired by the 14-year-old student who is really holding the line, making time for reading. That is very admirable, even if he decides to do it differently in that particular thing. But 
I have not been doing a good job of holding my reading time. I don't understand it. I love to read. I value reading time. And I just have not been reading enough. It's just partly it was because I was on a reading slump. And so I'm now trying to do a better job of putting books down that I don't like because that slows mm, me down. Mm-hmm. And partly it's because I've been reading books that are really, really, the books that I were reading that were very, very good were challenging. So they weren't the kind of books that I would read right before bed because they took a lot of concentration, which is good. Mm. But then I need to make time on the weekends. And yes. sometimes I was just working and like catching up on my emails, but I need to make time for reading. Reading yes. is so, so important to me. And I, and then I just start feeling lousy because it's not part of my life. So as is always the case, I'm using the demerit to inspire myself to hold the line and to make time for reading, which is so valuable to me. All right, good. Reading is good. And how about your gold star, Elizabeth? Take us up. All right, Gretchen. I am giving a gold star to my friend Alexa this week for introducing me to a new restaurant in the Valley. Mm. So I will say, first of all, the restaurant is called Bakari, mm-hmm. B-A-C-A-R-I. It's a tapas restaurant. Ah. And she had just been insistent for months that we should go to this restaurant. And you know how it can take months to do something? Yeah. We finally went, and Adam absolutely loved it. I mean, I loved it too, but Adam really loved it. It has an amazing atmosphere, which is, you know, not always easy to find. Great food. It's a great place to go with friends. Or we just went, Jack, Adam, and I went the other night and had a great time. And the thing about a new restaurant is that it opens up the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel like, oh, we have this whole other choice in front of us. It it feels like it it makes your life bigger just to have another destination point. Gold star to her for really sticking with, you have to try this restaurant. She was right. Bakari, for anybody here in LA who wants to try it. And so this is just my idle curiosity. Was it a place that you were often near it and you just never went in? Or was it well, a little it's new? Nook? It's oh, a oh. newish. It oh, opened oh. a few months ago. Oh, I see. But okay. it's in a place that we is very easy for us to get to. Right. And the restaurant that was there before, I did not like. I see. Okay. So I would not probably not have gone there. Because sometimes it's fun when you have a new restaurant, you go to a neighborhood that you didn't otherwise go to. So uh, it opens yes. up your city in that way and that you're going to a place that you wouldn't otherwise go to. And so that can be very fun. That is true. Jamie is really good about going to restaurants in parts of New York City that I had not been to before. And that's always a super fun element to it. It's like apart from the restaurants, it's, it's fun to go to a new part of your city yes. too. So. Although you know in LA, Gretch, we try to keep everything close. Yeah, no, right, because it's a half an hour at least to get anywhere, 100%. Yes. The resource for this week. Okay, we are coming up into the holiday season, and that is a great opportunity to tap into our senses. There are the smells, the sights, the tastes, all the things about the holiday season. So take the neglected sense quiz and figure out which of your scents you neglect, and then that is something that is really fun to really explore during this time of the year when there's a lot of sensory delights to be enjoyed. You can take the quiz at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. Alyssa, you and I, we know that we are most neglected senses taste. Yes. And so when we're together for our Kansas City Christmas, we'll have to think, maybe this is when we'll try Marmite. Ah, yes. We've been talking about that. We wanted to try mm. something new. Okay, if we can get some Marmite in Kansas City, we'll try it together. But you can have a f- sense of adventure. You can do something with someone else. You can find a new source of comfort or calm or creativity. 
And it's just a new way to enjoy the holiday seasons because maybe you're overlooking everything that's offered to you through that sense. And again, that's GretchenRubin.com slash quiz for what's your neglected sense. So, Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I am reading Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis. And I am just about to start Beyond the Deep Woods by Paul Stewart and Chris Riddle. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Look for pockets of wasted time. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and threads and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on threads and Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like this show, usually I say recommend it to a friend. But today I'm going to say rate and review it. That is another way that people discover a show. They look at the ratings. They look at the reviews. So that really, really does help us out if you take a second to rate and or review. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thank you for joining us. Onward and Upward. You'll love this. So for Thanksgiving, you know, the party crackers we're always talking about. I've got one shaped like turkeys. They're very cute. Oh, how fun. Yes, I will send you a picture. It really does add a lot to the festivity. Yes. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.